Hey, everyone. Welcome again to the latest installment of The Way It Is. Uh, I am your host, Luke Anofado with Remax Service First Realty. And I am pleased uh, to have with me David Sutherland, mortgage broker with Kingston uh, Mortgage Solutions uh, here in Kingston. Um, David was kind enough to uh, to fill in last minute, uh, but timely because um, obviously, David, we're on the heels of yet another rate increase from the Bank of Canada. Um, so first, welcome. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Luca. It's my pleasure to be here. And I'm looking forward to our discussions. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, you know, you're a mortgage broker. You're 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 in it every day. What what I guess what's the initial fallout? I guess in terms of what you've seen since since yesterday's announcement. Right. So I think to take a step back, I think it's important to understand what we've just come through as a country. Um, you know, March of 2020. I was sitting here by myself. Uh, wondering what would be, and at that time, Bank of Canada had decided to, you know, to encourage people to continue to spend and and to and to keep the economy going during a very difficult time. They reduced prime rate down to two point four five percent. Since that time, we've emerged uh, from that uh, dark and difficult time in the Canadian economy to some extent. Uh, who knows the future? But in any event, right now things are are are. Uh, are starting to come back to more normal levels on, on many fronts in, in the economy. And as a result, we have seen a lot of excess savings, uh, government stimulus, and various other monies uh, that have been injected into the economy, which has which has done a couple things. One is that it's, it's stimulated spending tremendously. So people out there know uh, that they may have invested in uh, that rental property, bought a cottage, purchased a new vehicle, done home renovations, uh, various things that we have seen people do with some surplus of cash that has been, you know, come available during this time. And the other thing too is that, um, you know, people's house house values have gone up tremendously as well. And so as people had dreamed about future plans and what they may do, they realized that there was now a new store of equity available to them. So all of that said, it's caused the Bank of Canada to realize that with excess money and a shortage of goods because of various uh, factors in our economy with supply chain issues, et cetera, uh, we have found ourselves um, uh, now with inflation rising astronomically. Uh, Canada has always enjoyed a relatively low inflation rate, especially you know in the last number of years. Uh, but right now it was running uh, over eight uh, percent. Luckily, it's 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 pulled back from that. July's numbers are seven point six percent, and a big part of that uh, basket that measures inflation in our economy is gasoline prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some changes in in that regard, um, we have uh, we've seen that inflation number come down a bit. Seven point six percent now is the new July number. Uh, that said, it's too high, and people, of course, are feeling this in, in every regard, uh, shopping and groceries and various other things. Uh, where it's hit people, and maybe the question you have is particularly for mortgage holders, it's hit them in, in, the, in with the variable rate mortgages. Um, that's not to say that the fixed rates have been on scale during this time. They haven't. They've certainly gone up as well. But variable rate mortgage holders have seen an increase particularly with a five-fold increase in the Bank of Canada overnight rate, which translates generally into a lockstep increase in prime. 
So yep. since March, we've seen five increases. Uh, the next Bank of Canada meeting is scheduled for the 26th of October, and we widely expect there could be a further adjustment. Uh, Governor Macklin will, you know, obviously determine that at that time, but uh, at this point, it's expected that we could see another adjustment. So that, that said, prime today is 5.45% uh, versus uh, six months ago, it was 2.45%. So 3% mm -hmm. increase has had a tangible effect uh, not only in terms of people's existing arrangements, but also for those that are considering perhaps uh, purchasing. So there's no question. And I think people are concerned. I think people are wondering, what's the way forward? Uh, what can I do? Uh, what should I do? And uh, this is where I think as uh, as people in the financial business, which, I, which I've been in for 29 years, I think right. this is where it behooves us to reach out to our clients and say, listen, you know, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to consider. And there's some changes you may have to make, uh, you know, and um, a lot of it, Luca, I'll be honest, is, is, uh, is I think, getting back to fundamentals. I, I've been a certified financial planner as well since 1999. And I always encourage people, you know, to take an inventory you know, of your household budget, see where you stand, where can I make adjustments? Is it perhaps altering my my cable arrangement or perhaps one less thing on my cell phone or perhaps one less dinner out, et cetera. Make those adjustments that are necessary during this time. And that's what the Bank of Canada is trying to get people to do. Look at their spending, determine where they can have uh, some pulling back so that we can get this inflation number down. If people keep doing exactly what they're doing and make no changes, then it won't happen by osmosis. It will happen by the governor continuing to raise rates until people finally get the their, you know, the answer that they need to make some changes. So, well, and 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 not to cut you off, but you know uh, the unfortunate reality of of you know what you just said is uh, people don't uh, don't react well to those kinds of changes uh, because they get spoiled very quickly with all of their amenities and and life's pleasures or you know. Uh, data and and uh, streaming services and and what have you um but i guess the other bigger uh maybe economic factor is that um we may be one time uh potentially and, and certainly uh, you know offer your opinion uh we may be at one small window in time where incomes may not necessarily be keeping up with with rising costs, right? I mean, there was, a, I remember, you know, I've done this for 35 years and, you know, it was always that, you know, you can get a fixed mortgage and your payment stays steady and your income will climb. And then so the gap becomes bigger. I, I dare say we're in a situation where it's starting to, that gap is certainly closed a, a great deal. No, I completely agree. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, back in January of 2018, the, the federal government introduced the stress test and the stress test was designed to sober people up a little bit to the realities of that this concessionary price is not going to last forever. I've seen it up and down. I was reflecting the other day with someone, not to sound old, but uh, when my wife and I bought our first home in 1988, I was transferred to Perth at that time. And uh, we bought a little place for $51,000 and our, we got a two-year term at the Royal Bank for 14.75%. <laughs> and uh, when uh, and I had to take a second job, uh, you know, I, you know, I had to take a second job on the weekends to to keep that going. Uh, we were just a young couple getting started. And uh, then we got transferred to Kingston and I had 11% 
And then when my mortgage came up and renewed, the manager said, look at he says, I got a special here. He said 8.75% if you're interested. And I thought I'd gone to heaven at that time, 8.75, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it, there's no question that these rates are higher than they, they have been for the last couple of years. There's no question about that. Uh, but I think people have to understand that there are cycles in our economy where these things for various, sometimes it's, it's external forces we can't control. It could be things like what's happening in Eastern Europe right now as an example. Correct. It could be yep. it could be other things in our economy that are having a, an effect, or even our friends in the U.S. They, you know, we were, we all remember 2008, you know, yep. uh, and obviously, uh, you know, at that time, uh, Kingston's fortunate. We have a very insulated economy. About half of everybody that works in Kingston work for some level of the government, whether provincial, federal, municipal, or county. That's right. So there's a, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of very good paying, solid, steady jobs in Kingston, but not everyone is in that boat. And so I think that the stress test was designed to make people realize, listen, you have to soberly consider what will be the situation if rates increase. And of course, people, well, you know, it might be a small, but look at where we are today. And so, yeah. and so what's happened is now that people, we're shut out of the market because of the stress test because now we have to qualify you at a higher rate than you would typically be paying well now the stress test has been largely completely negated by these rates because we had to charge you or qualify you at the contract rate plus two percent or the stress test whichever is greater well everything right. exceeds the stress test now so right. I, think, I think that what we've realized is that people that didn't get in the market perhaps that was a good thing uh, at that time, because now they would have really been very, very tight had they had right. been able to get through with the contract rate. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's not going to last forever, but right now there's there's some adjustments required for sure. So, uh, a couple of questions. Um, first one that I'll ask though, because you know, um, there's been increases not only in the fixed uh, mortgage rates, but obviously the variable rates. So, and there was always, there's always been that age old debate, fixed versus variable. What do I do? I, there's has to be people, I'm sure throughout these five increases and especially again, and then maybe with the specter of another one in October, is this the time when the naysayers lock in or or do you ride it out? I mean, I know you, I mean, obviously neither of us have had a crystal ball. If we would, we, we'd be doing this podcast somewhere really sunny with palm trees in the background and stuff. But um, but what's what decisions can be made now, I guess, or, you know, uh, if you can offer some insight there. So. Right. So I, I would, I would, I would say that, you know, there was a reason why a person selected a variable rate mortgage. And, you know, for those that did a few years ago, it was probably a very wise thing to do because they've enjoyed a very concessionary rate for a long time. And so that has built some momentum in terms of reducing their amortization uh, by having that variable rate. The other reason they could have selected a variable rate, especially a few years ago, was they, they perhaps said to myself as an example, clients of mine may say, well, we may sell this property. We're not 100% sure. So if we do, we'd like the option of getting out of the mortgage without a large interest rate differential penalty. And so the variable mm -hmm. affords people to exit uh, with three months interest rather than a very large penalty. And uh, some lenders' IRD penalties are very, very steep. Uh, the charter banks typically uh, will provide a deep discount at the time of, of, of uh, acceptance 
but they calculate their penalties based on a bulletin rate, which is a, which is a rate that they would never charge anyone particularly, but it's right. it's a higher rate. So when they make their calculations, the IRD penalty is, is much higher, whereas other lenders, and I'm not, believe me, I'm an ex-banker, so I'm pouring no cold water. We, we have, we, our banker friends are very important to us. It's just, it's, yeah. a, it's a function of, of being able to slot people into the right place based on what they say. And I think this is where, it's for us. It's not order taking. If this business becomes strictly commoditized, I'll retire because that's not what it's about to me. It's about right. listening to people, but realizing that they may not know. Many people come in, and the first thing that they say is, "What's your best rate on a five year?" And I say, "Well, first of all, tell me what you're doing. Are you building a house? Yeah. Are you what? What, what is it you're <laughs> exactly. doing?" So it, exactly. for me, it's important to do the whole planning piece. Some people want to call 1-800 and do it like that. That is not what I personally offer in our firm. And I'll, I'm the principal broker here, so I'll speak for us. Uh, we, we, uh, we don't offer that sort of order taking. We think it's important that we, we really uh, put people into the right product, the right solution for them and their family at the time, building some upside in the future. So for the variable, it may have been we want the lowest rate possible because our cash flow is of such a nature. We want it the lowest rate, or we want to be able to sell the property and have a low uh, exit penalty when we do that. The other thing that's come up, and this is interesting, is that young people that have really been impacted by the stress test may have said, "Now look, I've been working very hard to get my budget in line and pay off all my debts." so that I can qualify for a mortgage as a first-time home buyer. But what we found was because there was a disparity between fixed and variable, at a fixed rate plus two, they couldn't qualify. But right. at a variable rate plus two, they could. And sometimes there was 75, 100 basis points difference between right. the two. And when they're a new buyer, they generally are insured by one of the mortgage insurers. And so it's very prescribed. Right. We have no latitude. And, you know, when I started doing this years ago, I used to ask people, well, you know, who's your mom and dad? I do. I know them, uh, you know, uh, right. for good risk, exactly. et cetera. Now it's very prescribed, especially on the insured deals. So in order to shoehorn people into a, into a deal, sometimes we have to say, you know, we have to accept a variable now, yeah. otherwise you don't qualify. But then, we give them the options and you know almost all lenders i don't want to say all but almost all lenders would provide that you can move from a variable to a fix with no with no cost uh but you must select a new term that's at least equal to what you have left on the variable right so right. many people are considering that the problem with that is up until yesterday was there was still a nice spread between not as much as it was but there's still a nice spread between the variable and the fixed rates now that's almost been completely negated. So now they're almost Risk, the okay. same. So again, it takes some planning to determine what is the right thing for me. I, I have some general advice, but I think specifically people wanted to speak to their, their mortgage person to say, what is what should I do in my circumstances? How much do I owe? What is the remaining term? What rate do I have currently? Many people say, well, I'd like to break my mortgage and do something. They say, well, you've got 2.89 right now. Right. I move you to 534. The penalty is going to be substantial. And you yeah. have to accept. So, you know, sometimes you have to sort of say, what's the right thing? So it takes some planning. And I, I would also say, I don't want to sound like father knows best. I have four daughters, and nope. they've heard this before. Um, yep. But, you know, sometimes people say, well, I'm fixated on the 
the mortgage rate, and, and, and people should be concerned about it because there have been some increases. But I'm carrying thirty thousand dollars on a line of credit at prime plus four, or I have yeah. three credit cards at twenty two percent. And I'm telling people honestly, if cash flow is the issue, what I would do is focus on those high interest debts first, pay them down as much as you possibly can and or consider consolidating them to your mortgage, even with a higher mortgage rate, it could potentially be cheaper yeah. than you're paying on these other things, right? And, yeah. you, and someone might say out there, well, look, I don't have any debt. I, all I have is my mortgage. Well, then I what I'd recommend is say, can we find some extra money to take advantage of the prepayment options that are in our mortgage? So sure. for an example, many people, uh, many of the lenders we represent, they offer a 20% increase in the principal interest payment each year or a lump sum payment. So is there an income tax refund coming in? Put it on the mortgage, it goes right to the principal. Mortgage rates are calculated, the interest is calculated every single day and generally compounded either monthly or semi-annually depending on the type of mortgage. You know, by putting a lump sum payment on, you're paying interest on less money, which means if there's a problem with the amortization because of rising interest rates, you can get it back on track by making a lump sum payment. What's going to happen, is that people that have very, very low and concessionary variable rates that are in a type of mortgage that does not change with Prime. Some lenders send a letter out to say, you know, Prime's gone up, your payment's increasing $47. Other lenders don't make any adjustment at all. What happens is you start paying less principal, more interest, and then all of a sudden you get to the point where they say, you cannot meet your obligations under this amortization schedule. You have to make an increase in your payment. And they call it a trigger point. So what happens is and there's every situation is different, but there comes a point where rates have increased so much that your payment will no longer cover uh, sufficient principal and interest uh, to respect the contract. So they're going to say you have to make an adjustment. So I always tell people, better you control it than they control it. So Absolutely. why not say today, let me explore options with my mortgage person uh, I'm doing this with my own clients and saying, should I potentially increase my payment, even 5%, 10%? Uh, it isn't one and done. You can, generally speaking, you can increase it uh, by five today, but in six months, another five, whatever. But many lenders yeah. offer 10, 15, 20% increase plus the lump sum. Another right. little thing you can do too. What I used to do is uh, I go in my amortization schedule, and if there was $118 left at the end of uh, the next payment, I'd make a $118 lump sum. So it's always zero, zero, zero on my amortization. So I always knew every two weeks or every month, it was always going to be coming down a set amount of money, right? So I think you have to get into something that works for your household, that works for your budget. And if your budget's tight, then I would dare say, you know, make that budget, see all your ins and outs, take a piece of, it's not difficult, take a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle. Here's everything coming in. Here's everything going out. What can I adjust? I, for an example, I phoned my car insurance recently, and they said, are you an alumni of any university or college? I said, yes, I am. They said, oh, well, just by being an alumni, you could have, well, I think it was about a, about a 20% decrease in my premium. One phone call, and I said, about well, $40 a month. One phone call. So yeah. do you really need that uh, extra thing or this extra service? Or And then you make an adjustment, say, let's put that toward the mortgage, 
So our cash flow is the same, but we're paying that mortgage down more rapidly. So yeah, no, no, the, uh, excellent points, and and I'm going to guess that trigger point is buried somewhere in the fine print of your standard mortgage charges when someone <laughs> signs their signs their mortgage, because that's uh, as long as I've done that, I've, 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 uh, I, I, that's the first I'm hearing of that. So that's 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 excellent uh, excellent insight. Um, so. You, you you touched on it. so let's segue right into right now um what are current mortgage rates so based on the retail side so what is a, a five-year fixed mortgage and what is that variable rate now in terms of the actual numbers what, what, what does that look right. like so let, let me explain just a little bit first so uh you know when i was in the bank we had one product and that was it it was one uh, when i say one product i mean one type of mortgage it's brokers we represent over 60 different lenders. And some of them offer special insured rates. In other words, mortgages that are less than 20% down, i.e. CMHC or SAGE or Canada Guarantee Insured. Then we have insurable, which means they meet the criteria of the insurer, uh, but they're 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 not insured, but they get a they get a insurable response from the lender from the insurer on that product, or there's convention. So there's three different types. So right now, I checked this morning as an example, one of our good lenders, uh, they were offering on an insured mortgage, prime minus 90, prime minus 0.9, which would put that mortgage now at 4.55%, uh, okay? Other lenders are, are somewhat higher than that. At certain times, certain lenders, you know, price themselves in or out of the markets, depending on, you know, what their situation is um so on, a, on an insured mortgage on a variable uh you're looking at about 4.55 percent which would be prime, yeah 4.55 yeah prime minus 90 uh, the fixed mortgage on that same lender insured is actually 4.59 percent wow. so it's right. so virtually identical yeah. so uh some of the banks are, are a little higher uh they tend not to discount during these times as much as other lenders. Uh, a lot of that's to do with market share and size and scope and how they raise their money versus a lot of, a lot of lenders we deal with um, as charter banks, they raise their money from you know depositors and in the bond market, et cetera, whereas other ones have investors in the back end which put money in and they, they require a certain premium. But you know, they, they discount rates to get volume, right? So the consumer is the benef beneficiary of that, right? So our job is to understand what's the best product, is it fixed as a variable, what's the best one, and then try to slot people in uh, to yeah. that, right? Now, you're of a demographic similar to me uh, where, you know, and I've got lots of clients uh, that, you know, they're old school and they're saying, you know, um, I have conversations all the time. They say, oh, my goodness, there's going to be a lot of houses coming up for sale because when these mortgages that were signed three and four years ago or five years ago come up for renewal, um, these people aren't going to qualify. And, uh, you know, getting back to your, you know, initial uh, comments about the stress test and everything else, because, I mean, I'm sure there's people that were locked in five-year money at one. 1.99 or 2.8 or two whatever and stuff what's some predictions for for that situation or for well, those potential situations yeah, here's the beautiful thing about the canadian economy is that and uh, particularly in the, in the lending game you know there's four reasons why a lender will foreclose a you don't pay b you don't pay your taxes c you cancel your fire insurance d you tear the house down okay beyond <laughs> that you you have what's called quiet 
enjoyment. So in other words, if you make your payments, you keep your ta property taxes paid, you don't cancel your fire insurance, uh, having the lender as the first loss payee, and you don't tear the house down, then you have a right to renew your mortgage. Now, private lenders don't always afford that right automatically, but I'm talking about mainline lenders. You have a right to renew your mortgage. There's no there's no qualification criteria on renewal. So if a person said, I'm worried about you know my renewal, they can always renew. Okay. Now what some of them are doing is they're saying, you know, and in Canada it's very traditional. A five-year mortgage is, is what people generally take. But I have a lot of clients right now that are saying, well, what about a one or a two-year? And a one-year probably, in my opinion, is a little short, but a two-year is, 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 is of such a time frame that it gives people the chance to see what's going to happen. And if there's a reduction, then in two years' time, they can take advantage of that. If there isn't, then they have been able to maintain a somewhat of a steady rate for those two years. So it, it, it's more of a wait and see approach. Nothing wrong with the two year. Um, many clients are asking about that sort of thing. Um, so I think it's it's important again to have that discussion. And, but if you're going to just renew, you, your rent lender will renew. Uh, the only time you have to qualify is if you're going to switch your mortgage, say I don't like lender X, I want to go to lender Y, then we have to requalify you as a brand new contract. Although, you know, generally speaking, we have those discussions ahead of time and if there's any you know recent job change or any bad news or impaired credit or what have you then we tell people you know probably better off just to renew right yeah yep. the other thing i would say is that and this is something we, we don't well we're doing somewhat more of it now but many people come in and say well you know i have some debt and uh you know and i, I was laid off for a period of time and i have a little bit of bruise credit but I have a very good rate on my existing mortgage, and I don't want to upset that. So what we're suggesting is we can do sometimes, in some cases, a small second uh, behind their first to preserve that low interest rate mortgage, to not upset that, clean up whatever issue is there, and then dovetail the maturities, hopefully, so that in, at the yes. end of it, you can put them together. Seconds are, you know, used to be years ago, you know, they were, predatory rate and <laughs> actually yeah. you know what i don't want to name any names of lenders per se but one of our really good popular well-known lenders actually offers a second uh at a rates no fee etc behind you know their sort of sister companies so there's things that can be done there's other lenders that are higher rate and fee but we often say you know if you're revenue canada and you want to do something or you know i'm i'm, I'm three months behind on x or I, I have another issue whatever sometimes it's not about the rate it's about the solution and i tell yeah. people our job is not to set you up for failure but success and one of the things we can do is get you out of the soup keep your credit rating etc and this is where it's not cut and dry uh, you know when yes. i started lending years ago you know it was pretty much paced off job letter house in the subdivision it was pretty easy yeah people's lives today are different more complicated there's blended families there's part-time work there's self-employment there's contract there's term uh there's different situations that are not straightforward our job is to try to understand that get all the information up front so we have a full file and then place the business where it makes the most sense recognizing that we want to give people options for the future and have them understand dynamically that you know that you know we want to help you not hurt you so the whole idea is yeah. to put the right thing in place so i think that's kind of one of the things that, that people can uh, can consider 
But renewal, definitely, you can definitely do that. If they're purchasing, and this is something that be near and dear to your heart, because you're in the real estate. And my father was a real estate broker. He kept his license until he was 79 years old. So <laughs> it's in our family a long time. But, you know, uh, um, you know, house prices have started to come down. We've seen it. Uh, you've seen it uh, firsthand. So I, I, I did some quick numbers for a client recently and um, in light of some of these changes. And, uh, you know, I said a $350,000 mortgage, which is, you know, some are larger, some are smaller, but that's an average amount. Uh, $350,000 yesterday on a variable would have been about $1,803 a month. Today, it'd be about $1,946 for the yep. mortgage, $143 a month difference, okay? However, if that house has come down and you now need $25,000 less on that mortgage because the house price has come down, Guess what? At three twenty-five, you're back to about eighteen hundred and six dollars. So you're, it's yeah. so even though the rate's gone up, the monthly payment is is not changed. So, yeah, and 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 yeah. I mean, I I I guess I'm never a fan of saying prices are dropping just because I I, I think for me the the context is that the values certainly aren't exceeding where they were in the beginning of the year and the full freneticism of the, of the, of the pandemic, which I'm sure you placed mortgages during that time when people, you know, when, when people were overbidding, well, overbidding, were paying over the asking and da, 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 da. I mean, have, have prices stabilized a hundred percent. I mean, I always, my always backstop to that is that the values are still the highest they've ever been period um, mm. from where we've come you know and but but no you're absolutely right the, the house that you know this the if buyers if this buyer is qualified at the house that they were looking at in january was out of reach now it's certainly within their reach if they're qualified there's no question about that and then and that's, that's an excellent and valid point and and i guess the other thing i was going to say you know going back to when the conversation started is you know, given your history of when you first purchased a home, I mean, when I started, which was the end of 88, start of 89, the average five-year money in Kingston was 12%. And I had clients that were absolutely ecstatic when they got 11 and three quarters and, right. and 11, per, 11 So, and, and even up until, I mean, I'd have to go back and check, I guess, historical records, but even less than 10 years ago, five-year money, you know, now you're saying 4.59 was over 5% or maybe even pushing 6% in certain cases and stuff like that. So we're certainly, you know what I'm saying? It's all relative and people have to put things into perspective and into context too, right? right? I mean, yeah. um, no, for sure. The sky is not falling, but I think people need to hear the governor very carefully and very clearly that we need to make some adjustments. We can carry on doing exactly what we're doing and have no changes and not see this impact carry on. So I think if people do get that message, uh, and start to rein in spending. Now, I think you will see, and there's some other external forces that will, you know, impact that as well. But I think as Canadians, we just need to tighten our belts. Um, I remember 2008, Prime was 5, 5.5 in January of 2008. You know, we, we, uh, we, we never saw a decrease in business, but we also, uh, we also at that time, you know, I think people, uh, you know, had, had been not accustomed to such low rates. There was a period of time for, I think, about seven straight years where prime rate never changed once. In fact, I think it ran 3% for a long time. It dipped, I think, just uh, to 285 shortly. And then uh, during COVID, dropped down to 245. So this is, uh, this is, those were unprecedented rates, for no question. 
I, I don't know what's full stop period, full disclosure. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I do know that at the end of October, the governor will make a determination. But I think, you know, pundits and other people that I listen to have suggested there could be another increase. But will that be the end? I think it all depends yeah. on what people do, right? So. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know what, I just I'm looking at the time and I don't want to keep you because I appreciate you having done this to, um, to begin with. But we'll end on, I guess, the high, the bigger picture um, and not to obviously hold you to a forecast. But I guess my concern with what Macklin's doing is even if, let's say, August numbers come out and, and inflation drops to, say, let's say 7.2 or 7 or even maybe it drops below 7. And I don't disagree with you. A big chunk of that is the fact that fuel prices or energy costs have have, have dropped. Um, and yet I saw a, a, a snippet on a feed the other day saying that OPEC is going to reduce the, the amount of barrels per day per to 100, by 100,000. So who knows where gas prices may go, you know, right. if that happens. So, um, but it, there's going to be a, a time where I just don't know if getting back to 2 and 3%, which is the ideal goal, is is conceivable unless he you know what i'm saying there's got to be a line that he can't cross is there i mean you you know i'm happy to hear your comments on that I yeah I, I think i will say uh in someone in defense of the bank of canada is that you know they do adjust their cpi number for gas prices uh their adjusted number i think excluding gasoline from the cpi is i think five and a half uh so that's a little better than 7.6 but, you know, the governor has said it's a long way from 2%, which is their goal, uh, mm. you know, and so uh, it will it will largely depend on what happens. Uh, there's, uh, as I say, there's some external things that need to get regularized, you know, in our own country, but around the world. We can't forget, you know, our friends south of us are going through the very same thing. You know, uh, mm -hmm. Governor Powell is, uh, you know, our Chairman Powell is, as uh, you know, as indicated, there's some pain, pain in the in the, in the future, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so these are not. Um, this is not unprecedented, but it's also it's also not uh, enjoyable to go through. So I think mm -hmm. people need to be serious, sit down as a family, make a budget, get their finances on track, look at where they can cut, make any payments they can, stay out of debt. Uh, I do think that in time we will see these rates come back down. It's happened. If you look at any charting on this, you will see that yep. there are periods of increase and there's periods of decrease. And uh, and a lot of times they can turn fairly quickly. But uh, I do think we'll get back to more regular levels. This is not sustainable and the government won't pursue a policy of high inflation. I think it'll help us in the long term, but today it hurts. And I understand that. Yep. So, you know, I think this is where you want to reach out. And I think we're people in my business need to be reaching out and talking to their clients. I understand you have some concerns. Here's what we can do to help. And I think that uh, that's what really um, distinguishes us from order taking and uh, from actually helping yeah. people work through these things. And I, yeah. I know, and, and I hope I haven't sounded vague or cagey in any of these answers because all these things are interrelated. There's, there, there, no. there's so many things that are so related. And so, you, you know, to fixate on on just the mortgage and which is my end but that's what i do but you know there's so much more so i think we need to take it all into account but there's strategies that people can do i would just say again work on paying down that mortgage stay out of debt you know exercise your prepayment options talk to someone about can we do something now doesn't make sense crunch some numbers 
uh, and uh, and I, we try to you know set you up for success in the future, leaving yeah. you some flexibility as well, right? So. Yeah, no, and and you know what? Well, that's a great way to end it on a, a note of optimism, and and, and certainly uh, some some wise sage words of uh, of uh, of economic prudism, I guess, uh, if you will. So uh, prudence, rather. So yes, uh, David, listen, thank you so much again for your time. It was greatly appreciated. Some some very valuable insights, and uh, yeah, I wish you all the best and good luck to all your clients <laughs> that you. that uh, that, uh, that you have to deal with for sure. Yeah, and thank so. you very much for having me on today. It was a real pleasure. My pleasure as well. All, All right. right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. I know.